thanks for watching or listening later, if that's the case, mm -hmm. to the Two by Two podcast. I'm the host, Aaron Dodson. Co-host is with me, Brock Kendall. As you can see, we are uh, lonely together on Guest the show. Guestless. Guestless today. Unfortunately, we had a couple guys that wanted to be on, but uh, because of circumstances, could not be here. Mm -hmm. We hope that they can be here another time. We didn't give you their name, so you don't even know who didn't come. I'm not going to tell you. So we were going to have Pee Wee Herman and... Uh, I was about to say I don't even know who, no, who I don't even know who's going to be here today. Kids today don't even know who Pee Wee Herman is. Probably he died not too we, long ago. Didn't Ezra he? and I we watch Pee Wee Herman sometimes. Did Vanessa, and he I. did die recently, didn't he? Not long ago. Did he? Yeah, like six I didn't months know or a year okay. ago. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have LeBron James and uh, Alexander Campbell. Yeah, kind of have a mixture of he's going to be resurrected from the dead. Culture. He's going to be resurrected and, from the dead. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to ask Alexander Campbell did. Did you, did you intend, start Jesus's church? Did you intend to start Jesus's church? <laughs> yeah. Wonder what he would. That's say. how you say it. Don't don't say did you start the church of Christ. You say did you did you start Jesus's church? Right. Well, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing, as you can see, First John three. Um. Mm -hmm. Now this is a the chapter that uh, the theme we've had all. Uh, season if you want to call mm. it that has been my favorite chapters of the bible yep or my favorite chapter of mm -hmm. the bible and so i hit brock up yesterday when we realized our schedule was changing and our guests couldn't be here i said what chapter do you want to discuss mm -hmm. say it every time it's hard to pick a chapter but it is ephesians but, 4 was on my mind yeah uh, talking about the the oneness you know the the various ones mm -hmm. that that we have in Jesus, but First John three, I, I preached on it yesterday, so it's kind of fresh on my mind. It's kind of fresh on my mind, you yeah. know. Yeah. Not the whole book, just chapter three, primary and and primarily the uh, the section of verses four through nine. I love yeah. I love this chapter. I love I love the point that that the apostle John is making in these verses. Uh, because it seems to me, and I mean, the heading, it's interesting. I, this is like the second time I have opened this Bible, and I've never even looked at the heading for verses yeah, 4 through 9. And the heading is precisely how I would describe it, sin and the child of God. Yeah. Because what John, what John seems to be doing in verses 4 through 9 of chapter 3 is he's showing that sin can affect our relationship mm -hmm. with God. And it's right. interesting, right, because first chapter 1 talks about how we can know we have fellowship with God, the right. Father, with Jesus, the Son. And uh, that that knowing is based on our obedience, us walking in the light, confessing our sins, trusting God to forgive us when we yeah. do so, on and on and on. But then chapter 3, hey, by the way, sin can very much hinder or affect your relationship with God. And so what he does in verses 4 through 9 is he shows us the purpose for which Jesus came, he came to destroy the works of the devil, right? Mm -hmm. He came to destroy sin. And and uh, the origin of sin is the devil. He sinned from the beginning. So right. he lets us know that if we sin, whether habitually or even if we just have occasional lapse in the sin, we're really being influenced by the devil. Yeah. Anytime you see somebody do something they shouldn't do, let's just say they violate a law that Jesus has set, you know at that point that they're not being influenced by the word. Yeah. Right. That's why I like this section. Yeah, the you have anything you want to say? We can get right into it. Um, if you want to? Yeah. Why don't we? We could at least shoot for doing. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. 10. I had an outline yesterday, and we can break it down like this if you want to. It will kind of help our thoughts as we whatever as we do. progress to the okay text. Me. All right. So verses four through nine. The first thing is you have the origin of sin. Mm -hmm. We'll look at that. So you have the origin of sin. Then secondly, after he states the origin origin of sin, um, what was my second point? It's the um, well. I have it, I have it down actually. <laughs> uh, let me see how it goes here. Um, you go ahead and talk if you want to. While I look that up, <laughs> why don't we just start maybe with the first three verses? Yeah, at least. Man, I had a fancy I had a fancy outline though that I yeah. would like to. You could at least see. We could read. Uh -huh. could at least read the whole context there. Yep. You know. Let's see, First John. Sin and the child of God. Here's my notes. Okay. No. All right. Verse four, you have the definition of sin. Mm -hmm. After the definition of sin, you have the origin of sin. Right. 
And then after the origin of sin, you have the defeat of sin and then the refrainment of sin. Okay. That's kind of how you break it down. All right. right? I mean, I that's, that's a good way to break it. All right. So the definition of sin is stated in verse four. All right. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Mm -hmm. The transgression of law is what the King James Version would state. So think about mm -hmm. that. John defines sin as a transgression of law. You and I both know that the word translated as sin means to miss the mark. Mm -hmm. And so the idea would be like an archer who is trying to hit his or her target and they miss the target. Right. But when we sin, what we're doing is we're missing a mark that God has set. Right. Essentially, it's a violation of law. Mm -hmm. So sin is committed. Missing the mark of God's standard is committed when I transgress or violate a law that God has set. And isn't the word commit there in the present tense? It's it like, is. Keep practice, on committing. So whoever commits and keeps on committing sin also commits and keeps on committing. So that's why it's lawlessness. Lawlessness, yeah. Lawlessness. yeah. To, you're less of yeah. law. You're without yeah. law. You have no law. when yeah. You're not being guided by law, yeah. right? Not the law of God. Yeah. And so that's the idea of sin. But here's another thing as we think about the definition of sin. James has something different to say about sin. He talks about the sins of omission, as we often say. James mm -hmm. 4, 17, you know to do good and do it not. To mm -hmm. him it is a sin. Yeah. So that's the sins of, of perhaps negligence. Mm -hmm. Not doing the things that you ought. Right. And in that, contact, in that context, in James, the idea of knowing what the Lord's will is and you refuse to do what you know right. to do. So sin can be committed in two ways. You can commit sin by violating law mm -hmm. we call that sin of commission right secondly you can commit sin by not doing what you ought we yeah. call that the sin of omission mm -hmm. that's sin but john says it's a transgression of law then verse five and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin verse six whoever abides in him does not sin whoever sins has neither seen seen him nor known him little children let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Verse 8, I know we skip, we're going to skip verses 5, 6, and 7 right now, but verse 8, the origin of sin. He who sins is of the devil. There it is. Without even considering the second phrase. Yeah. So you have the definition of sin, verse 4. All right, and he's speaking to Christians, by the way. Mm -hmm. All right, and then so verse 8, sin, the origin of sin is of the devil. And then he even mentions that, um, not here in this verse, but the devil is, he sinned. He sinned from the beginning. Right. From my understanding of that, the devil was the first sinner. You know, he seems to be, you know, yeah. the one who, who violated God's law. He chose his path and his, his uh, destiny has been reserved, right? right. In hell. Right. And Jude mentions that. And so... Let's think about something as we enter in into this discussion about the origin of sin. You take the child of God, the Christian, right? One who has obeyed that form of doctrine. Mm -hmm. They've obeyed the gospel. Their sins have been remitted. They've been added to the Lord's church. They're continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread, prayers, fellowship, etc. Doing those things they ought to do. Trying to grow, but... They have those occasional lapses in the sin. Mm -hmm. They get caught up in moments of weakness, yeah. you know, imperfection, whatever you want to call it. Right. But here's a child of God walking in the light, doing the best they can. They sin. What John wants these types of individuals to know, Christians, those in Christ, is that there's really two kinds of sin. There's the kind of sin you commit in moments of weakness as you're walking in the light, perhaps taking a risk, doing something, making a bad mm -hmm. judgment call. But it's not a malicious, it's not a habitual, it's not what the Old Testament describes as a high-handed sin. Right. Right? Yep. A malicious sin. Mm -hmm. But then there's those other kinds of sin. Well, what, what John wants us to know is when you habitually sin, right, when you refuse to walk in the light, when you sin with a high hand, when you deliberately sin, on and on and on, however you want to describe it, you're being influenced by the devil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're being influenced by the devil because the devil, he's the, I mean, sin is of the devil. 
Yeah, and I have here in verse. You see, I have uh, here. I have the New American Standard Bible here today. No one who is born of God practices sin, because his seed abides in him. Yeah, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Well, that's so, the refrainment of sin. So, if you want to know yeah. how to refrain from sin, he he tells us. I love verse nine. Whoever yeah. been born of God does not sin. Yeah, for his seed remains in him. Remember, I mentioned this a while ago. Here I am, a child of God. I habitually sin. Let's just say I sin. I violate a law or something. What do you know at that point? The seed is not what? Yeah. It's not in me. Yeah. I'm not a Hang on. Did the seed, the word of God, yeah. did you get that principle, right. that action? Did Were you guided by the Holy Spirit's message there? Right. You know, that's what you're no. thinking, right? Yeah. That's right. But what you do know this, that I was influenced by the methods of Satan. Yeah. He took advantage of me, right? Mm-hmm. Second, tech, Second Corinthians two, and, and like if it, and and isn't John describing too that in this position in Christ, as you walk in the light, and he's already discussed that mm-hmm. in chapter one, he says that as you walk in the light, Christians do sin. Yes, but yet there's the continual blood of Jesus. That's right. It continues to cleanse, and and the child of God is charged by God to confess sin, fault before God. Here's another thing he says: for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin. I mean, somebody will have a hard time trying to find the reconciliation there, but the reconciliation is easy to find yeah. when you consider chapter one and two. If you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. That's right. That's that occasional lapse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Here you are walking in the light. Oh, I sinned. Yeah. Well, don't deny that you just sinned. Confess it and God will forgive you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the contingency. Yeah. Right. Here, he cannot sin if a seed remains in him. I cannot habitually sin if God if I'm guided by God's right. word. They're incompatible. Yeah. Sin and God's word. Yeah. Here I am walking in the light. I sin. Well, you know, habitually I, I part, I leave going on, on, you know, they, they yeah. just, they don't match up. Yeah. So when you're, so when you're walking in the light, then the blood continues to flow. That's right. Verse seven. If mm-hmm. we want first John one, seven. And seed remains you know. in him. I think it might be synonymous with walking in the light. Seed remains in me walking yeah. in the light. You know, it's like walking, in, walking in the light of what? Yeah, God's so if word. You, if you walk in the light of God's word, and you are not practicing sin, but you're not denying that you do sin sometimes, then in that sense you have no sin, even when you sin, because you're not charged right. before God. That's right. You have forgiveness. So with that, to with that thought in mind, chapter one, I think we should go verse eight. So if we say we have no sin, so evidently there were some in John's day who yeah. were claiming that they had no sin. Yeah. Otherwise, but, why did he have to deal with why it? Why would he have to write it? That's right. But then drop down to verse 10. If yeah. we say we have not sinned, evidently there were some who were claiming right. they had never sinned. Right. It's like, okay, someone said you can't lose your salvation. John go. John covers both, all right? As a Christian, I cannot lose my salvation if the seed remains in me mm-hmm. and I walk in the light. Yeah. All right? But as a Christian, I can lose my salvation if I stop walking in the light and the seed doesn't remain in me. John says you're being influenced by the devil. Yeah. And the way I like to describe you know? the way I like to describe it, because I believe wholeheartedly God is going to do everything in his grand providence to mm. to, to keep us from sinning. Yeah. Obviously, our free will and our desire. Yes. We have to mm-hmm. we have to abide by the gospel and live by the gospel. But if that is the case, that God is not just going to let a child of God just slip away. Yeah. I prefer the terms, you can throw it away. Yeah. You know, like you lose something, it's like an accident. I, I lost my phone. Can you lose your salvation? Mm. Well, by those definitions of terms, no. Mm-hmm. You don't lose it. You don't yeah. accidentally get lost. Yeah. You don't accidentally hate God and turn away from God. So, no, in that sense, you don't lose your salvation. Yeah. But you can throw it away. You can say, I hate God. Yeah. I used to love God, but now I'm sick of it. I'm not going to do it anymore. God's not going to go, oh, come on in, because once you're saved, you're always saved. I don't care if you go murder a million people. It's okay. Come on. And there are some people, that's how ridiculous it gets if you're going to subscribe to the man-made doctrine that you don't have to keep practicing. But then they'll just say you never say in the first place because it's all mess. What happens is the the old saying, going false doctrine, 
yeah goes from one extreme pendulum to the to other. another yeah so their response to that usually and that's calvinism yeah usually the response yeah. is oh so you're saying you got to be sinlessly perfect to go to heaven yeah nobody's saying that john's no, even saying jesus you can't never be. said that john never said that we're not saying that. john's saying you can't be not and, saying you gotta be sinlessly perfect but you do have to remain where the blood is exactly. the blood's in the body of christ so how do you remain in the blood flows. according to john the that's seed right. remains in you and you walk yep. in the light and here, you know how sinlessly perfect? No, you it's walk a under style. You and, live. And you somebody walk. says, "What does it mean to walk in the light?" Like in practical terms, where I think it seems to me the idea is like living under the positive influence of God's word. Yeah, absolutely. You know that's the idea. And here's here's something else. You remember Hebrews? I mean, you, there's a lot of perhaps parallel concept. You remember Hebrews talks about there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Yeah. Well, contextually, so those who were denying as you know, these Hebrew Christians, right? Mm -hmm. These new converts from Judaism to Christianity. These, these, those who were denying their only means of salvation, Jesus yeah. could not be saved. So how, if, if you're a Christian and you sin, right? How, how do you know you cannot be restored to fellowship by not looking to the only means of right. salvation, right? Right. For example, somebody says, I just can't do right. I've done the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. God is faithful and just to forgive you if you look to the provisions he's made. That's right. Well, what provision has he made for those in Christ? Yeah. The continual blood. What has he made for alien sinners, those outside of Christ? The blood. You contact the blood in baptism, right? Yeah. For an alien sinner, Acts 2, yeah. they never contacted the blood. They had to. And other, other obvious conversion Galatians accounts. Three. Yeah. There's tons of accounts yeah. that we could look at. You are because you have been. Yeah. You know, Galatians 3. In Romans 6. What's the word he uses over and over? Slave and servant. Yeah. That shows you habitual sin. Oh, yeah. And occasional lapse Absolutely. is different. Moments of weakness. If you're overtaken in a fault. Yeah. Galatians 6. The brother overtaken in a fault. Is that Galatians malicious or is that in times of weakness? Yeah. What did I say? Did I say the wrong passage? No, no, no. Galatians I, just, I, don't, I don't remember if you mentioned you it. Said, it's it it's like, yeah. so Galatians 6, 1. The overtaken in a fault. Yeah, that's right. Is and that is the, that did that brother say, "Oh God, I hate yeah, you"? Yeah. Or was that brother just caught in the moment of weakness? Yeah. Was he just saying, "You know, I, I just don't care anymore." Yeah. I, I don't care. If no. I, I don't care what God. He know? needs to know that he has the blood of Jesus. Exactly. Absolutely. Otherwise, there's no hurt. No, exactly. no hope. Yeah. There's there's just this. Well, I'm saved. I'm lost. I'm saved. I'm lost. I'm saved. I'm lost. I don't know I'm if there's a connection forth, you know? here, but do you remember the one sin for which there was no sacrifice in the Old Testament? That presumptuous, that presumptuous high-handed high sin, sin, the brazen yeah, sin. 15, yeah, Korah, yeah. Korah, when he committed that sin, there ain't no sacrifice for him. He knew he had Man, the information. He can, he's yeah. a, he, he's of the mm -hmm. priest line. He's gonna come in here and he's gonna he's gonna challenge you. God said, "Ain't no sin. Uh, uh he's gonna die." You see, it's you know, like so. There's there's a difference between presumptuous sin and because of the not. way these present tense verbs are mm -hmm. rendered. I grabbed the New American Standard Bible. And uh, I wanted to, I wanted to read it mm -hmm. just, to, just to add flavor yeah. to it in this yeah. beginning with see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God and such we are for this reason the world does not know us because it did not know Him beloved now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. Yes. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him. You're talking about, you keep looking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's verse three. It's interesting. Everyone what? who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. You know what I love about John? This, the way it goes, what natch, what conversation naturally surfaces when you talk about purity? It's like sin. Mm-hmm. It's like the opposite of trying to be pure is what sin, like you know. So he talks about okay, Dirty. everyone who has this hope in him purifies and keeps on purifying himself, for he is mm -hmm. pure. He's always pure. There, but here's the thing: yep. when you commit sin, you violate the law. Yep. You see. So he and here's another thing about this whole section. He tells us that the the demolishment of sin Listen, is the very reason Jesus came. Look at right. what he look what he says in in verse in the middle part of verse eight. For this purpose, mm -hmm. what purpose? To destroy sin, mm -hmm. of which the devil's the originator. For this purpose, the Son of God was made known. He manifested. Why? That he'll destroy the works of the devil. What's the works of the devil? Sin. Yeah. So you've been born of God. You don't keep on sinning. Right. He's letting you know. You remember Jesus said, "If you the father of lies is who." Remember what he told him. Remember that in that same account. You know, if you serve sin, mm -hmm. then you're serving your father. Yeah. If you serve righteousness, 
oh, by the way, verse 7, instead of, instead of practicing sin, why don't you just practice righteousness? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You say so, and, and, and that's what you have here. You have about practicing sin. Mm-hmm. Verse 4, practice. everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. So it's like he's reminding the Christians, don't practice lawlessness. Jesus, Jesus appeared to take mm. care of this problem. Verse you, six. You're giving your life and your heart to God and to Christ. And so you need to remain in that situation. You need to re- you, know, you know that he appeared for that. In him, there's no sin. Verse six, no one who abides in him. Well, that's yeah. a perpetual abiding. Yeah. It's not well, I, I abide for four seconds. You know, Whoever abides and keeps no, it's on the abiding. lifestyle. Whoever abides in him sins. No one who sins has been uh, has seen him or know him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. Yeah. Just as he is righteous. And I want to take, put a peg there, and I'm going to preach the truth for a moment. We do not receive the righteousness of Christ. Right. But you hear denominations say that all the time. It's like transferred this, righteousness. Yeah, this passage says you practice righteousness. Yeah. And when you practice righteousness, you are righteous just as he is yeah. righteous. Right. Not you get his righteousness. In the way that in the way Romans you're, you're, in the way you, Paul said. If you do said, what's right, you're right like he is. In the way Paul said, righteous can only be found in, in him. In him. So that's how it could be that yeah. you just, And how was the righteousness yeah. of God revealed? the gospel that's it. you know it's like all of it comes together key words here for me are abides uh verse six mm-hmm. practices practices verse seven yep. commits verse four the idea okay so it's it's he's the reason why it's important is because it's like he was talking about something different in chapter one yep right because we've already we've already read that oh if i sin Right. Am I in fellowship or not? Well, here you're out of fellowship when you habitually do these things. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think that's I think that's perhaps. I just want to briefly address the overall. This. We, we had a long comment that took up a lot of space, and it's about supporting foreign missions. Of uh, we don't handle those on the live show, so there, you know, there may be other places where you want to do that, but. Uh, oh, I see. We, we got tons of local work we're doing right now, and we we pray for folks in foreign missions, but they're. Uh, we don't. We just don't. We don't handle that. We don't do that. Uh, I see too. There yeah. are some congregations in here that probably support things in other places, but just want to let them know we do see that. But um, if you'd like to make a comment about the show or the verses that we're talking about, we'd love to interact with you on that. Connie level. Barden says, "Not premeditated sin." Yeah. yeah, that's presumptuous sin. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I'm gonna sin so I can get forgiveness. Well, I sure would like to go for so who get some women and you know. Who, wait can a you minute. give it? Here's a question: You're Planning to do wrong? What in the world? You know. So what if I do that though? Can I still be forgiven? Yes, you can. How? <laughs> you re- start walking light again. After <laughs> you got to repent of that kind of thinking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and verse, you know, a person knows. You know, a person when they, if as a Christian, they walking in the light, seed remaining in him, he or she knows when they have, when they are in need of of. God's forgiveness through confession and you know I, I, it's amazing how he says that in verse 7 little children make sure no one deceives you don't be deceived about this matter the one who practices righteousness is righteous you do right you are right but you know people are deceived about <laughs> you that do wrong, time, you're wrong you know it's, it's like he said don't be deceived one that practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous yeah. but yet probably in, with in Gnosticism and even current you know theologies and the doctrines of men mm-hmm. you know and even just the weight of sin yeah uh, that it, 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 it Satan tempts you to think that well I'm not right with God sure you know I can't be right I'm not, I'm not sinlessly perfect I I can't be sinlessly perfect you realize you hear people of, all the time well Jesus was the only one that's sinlessly perfect nobody's re- sinlessly perfect I don't know why we as humanity and even people that profess to be Christians why do we constantly focus and act like God requires sinless perfection yeah first but John you hear was people it's almost like it's a cop out if God, nobody, you, nobody's sinless, so you don't have to do what's right. You don't have to strive to do what's right. You don't have to make sacrifice. You don't have to practice self-control. Because after all, nobody's sinlessly perfect. So it's okay if you Here's watch my porn. Question. And, you know, it's like, yep. why do we, are we copping out? That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm afraid Satan's got us if we're thinking that way. We're just, mm-hmm. well, you, you know, nobody's sinlessly perfect. So it's, on the other hand, the other extreme, you can be right in the sight of God. First John one and first John three, a person in Christ, a Christian, you, you continue to walk in the light, the grace mm-hmm. of God, the forgiveness of God, the blood of Jesus continues to flow. Yep. You know, no mm-hmm. no child of God is getting into heaven because they never sin. Yeah. 
they're, they're getting in because they have the blood of Jesus on their soul. I mentioned you know? this yesterday. I, mean, I just, said, I said, here's how we need to think of it. Don't live as a sinlessly perfect individual because that's impossible. If you could live as a sinlessly perfect individual, the question would be, why would Christ need to die? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right? I mean, it don't make any sense. Absolutely. If that was a per, if, first of all, Jesus wouldn't have died could have done it because I'm perfect. Yeah. You know, I'm just like him, but I'm not. Okay, so here, but here's another question, or here's another, here's a comment to that question. We need to live as forgiven people. Absolutely. People that are you, have been are you living as the seed remains in you. Yeah. Well, no, I'm still living pretty much the same way I did before. You ever heard people? Well, that's just how I am. Oh yeah, well the seed of God's not in you. Can't, we got to get the. I don't go to church down there. there too, I don't go down to church down there. There are too many hypocrites. I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, I, I don't yeah. go to church with hypocrites. Yeah. I assemble with forgiven people who yeah. are covered by the blood. Exactly. Well, what about their imperfections? Yeah. Covered by the blood. That's where I go. Yeah. Exactly. I don't walk in the assembly thinking everybody's sinlessly perfect. Yeah, and but never they're hypocrites because they do bad things. They're and here's another thing. Oh, Billy Bob down there hurt my feelings. Who's a hypocrite? Let me ask something. What if I tell you right now I'm going to do something and I do the opposite? Yeah. Does that make me a hypocrite or did I do something hypocritical? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Exactly. Who are the hypocrites in Jesus's day? Yeah. The fair was Peter a hypocrite? He yeah. did some hypocritical things. Yeah, he did. But he wasn't a idea. He never lived in a state of yes, hypocrisy. That's right. It's not like every day he woke up being, but Jesus telling the Pharisees, that's right. Y'all practice hypocrisy. That's exactly. Y'all's lifestyle is hypocritical. Exactly. Everything y'all do is again, again. There's a difference. One of Satan's cop outs. I, I'm not going to give my life to the Lord. I'm not going to be a part of that local car. I'm not going to be a part of the local church. Because, you know, they're all just they're all just hypocrites. They do. Cop they, out. They, okay. So, so they might do. So you don't have to obey the one another passage in the Bible. Local it's the, church, yeah. working, serving the Lord. Like if somebody Come came on. along and said, Brock, your wife's a hypocrite. She says she's going to do this, and she did the opposite. I'll yeah. say, well, she's not a hypocrite. She did something maybe hypocritical. Exactly. It's like sin. You, you're a sinner. No, I'm not. I, I sinned. That's right. Right? And right. first of all, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come yeah, short of the glory of God. Talking about Christians. Yeah, that, that, has Man, to do, I, that has to do I've with. I've heard that all my that has to do with individuals who had never obeyed the gospel. I'm not talking about Jew and Gentile. Yeah, though, yeah. I mean, chapter one, Gentile, chapter two, Jew. Did you Jews. hear that? I heard that as an invitation at the end of a sermon. It's past. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans, I said, wait a minute, Romans three twenty three ain't about me. Yeah, it's about the way I used to be, but now I'm in Christ. Yeah. I'm not, what do you? you so know? what? Here's the thing. He used the past tense. For all have what sinned. sinned. Okay, yeah. so at what point then does God no longer, according to the context of the book, no longer consider you as one who has sinned or a sinner when you obey the remedy for That's sin, right. the yeah. gospel? A sinner. How can you be a sinner a and a saint at the same time? Sin. That's the thing. How can you be a sinner and a saint at the same time? I guess Satan would have people believe. Well, you can't. You might as well just let it be. You can't. You can't be a person who. Has occasional lapses. It doesn't make yet be a saint of God. Be it's not saved, logical be a, nor scriptural. Be a saved person. You yeah, know? and that's where the false idea comes from. I'm saved. I'm lost. I'm saved. I'm lost. Yeah. I'm saved. I'm lost. Back flipping, flopping back and forth, and that's why people. That's why I give it up. I'm not quote unquote going to church. Yeah. I'm not giving my life to God. I'm not going to live by God. I'm not read the Bible every day. Can't be sinlessly perfect. Going from saved mm. to lost, like God, some arbitrary God with a pistol on his hip and just hair trigger. Hey, here's a passage. Ready to get you, boy. You well, see a pap going to hell. Yeah, yeah. That's the way some people look at God, though. Mm -hmm. And and uh, that's tyrannical. It is. It absolutely that's a monster. Is. Again, though, that's a monster, man. You got to teach what the Bible teaches, and you got to stay balanced on the matter. What that, about that? Doesn't mean you can just well, who cares? You just live how you want to. What about Second Peter? You know, Second Peter is is Peter's probably Peter and John probably talking in heaven, saying, you know what, we kind of talked about the same thing yeah. in our books. But Paradise. Peter, yeah. Yeah. Peter over in Second Peter one five through eleven. Do you remember a phrase he used? If you do these things, you'll never stumble or yep. fall. That's right. Hold up a second. I do fall though, even when I'm doing those things. You know what the word? You know what the word actually meant? The word translated as fall or stumble. That's the idea of falling into misery. Yeah. Never completely right. lose your salvation. That's right. Yeah. Think about it. If you are right. diligently abounding in those various traits in Second Peter, mm -hmm. it can be said that you are a. Uh, you are a balanced individual, yep. an individual who is walking in the. That's how you walk in the light. I that mean, that's, one that's that's walking in the light. That's one is walking in the light. Connie Bard made a good comment. She said, "I don't like to hear a preacher say we're all sinners." No. I'm. And she said, and we know that she says, "I'm not a sinner. I'm a Christian who stumbles and sins on occasion. Yeah. But I'm willing in the light. I'm walking in the light, and my sins are cleansed, even if I don't realize I sin." God knows my intentions and that it was a slip. 
and Deborah O'Neill later making a mistake or doing something wrong doesn't make you a hypocrite. <laughs> That's right. Here's, you know, here's a good, here's a good prayer. I just want, you know, cause I know this is on people's minds. It's a good discussion. You got a good comment. Right. That I want to take up in just a moment. Take, Go, finish yours. No, go ahead. Finish that. I was gonna. No, no. Go ahead, and I'm gonna take up another well, topic. Well, questions know, asked by Scott Beck. Here's the thing. I, I, um, perhaps a prayer each evening. Okay, let me ask you this: Can't can you sin without realizing it as a, as a child of God? I guess. Yeah. That's something to think about. Yeah. What I usually do in my prayers, you could just is I always I, I ask God. Please forgive me of my imperfections, my weaknesses. Help me to be diligently conscientious mm -hmm. of my weaknesses. And when yeah. I see the weakness, give me the strength to to do what's necessary to eliminate yeah. that weakness. Yeah. I mean, if, if I don't want to just pray to God every day, forgive me for my imperfections without actually trying to figure out what my imperfection right. is. Yeah, I want to see where I'm struggling sure, and then right. work on it. His desire and his charge and his word is that we learn and grow. Can you name knowledge, one thing? You know? Can you name one category of the Christian life that wouldn't fall into the eight graces in Second Peter? Yeah. Seven graces. It's just like all encompassing. Yeah. yeah, it's all there, you know. So good, that's that's where you need to grow. Good at. question was asked by Scott Beck. He watches uh, Christianity Now, me and Tony, and he's probably watched two by two as well. Could y'all expand on Romans four or five? Faith accounted under righteousness. Um, I'll take a moment and look at Acts 4. Um, for those, Who said that? Uh, Scott Beck. What? Uh, Romans chapter 4, verses, let's see, 4 and 5. We'll just read the greater context here would be best. Romans 4, 1 and following, where, where Paul describes how Abraham is, was and is an example of one who was justified uh, by grace through faith. Yep. And he says, What then shall we say that Abraham our father is found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as death. Let me turn the page. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So from my understanding, the ideas of accounted to him for righteousness is an accounting term. It's an, it's a term like we use. Yeah. Like you put it to someone's ledger. Yeah. So Abraham, God accounted him. He put it to his ledger that he was right in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. He was righteous in the sight of God mm -hmm. because he believed God, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at this and what the way. How do you know he believed God? By, How do I know he believed God? By what he did. When he okay. Has Can you, and, here, and here's my question. And I, if you don't mind me saying this, there's never a time. Well, you would not answer it that way if yeah, you're honest. Right. Well, absolutely. Well, well, people say, well, he believed God before. No, 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 no. How do you know from what you know about Abraham's yeah. life? God didn't put Abraham's life in, in, a, in, a, in, in just one chapter. Okay. Yeah. I'm asking you, you, how, if you're going to teach people and yeah. they came to you and said, well, how do you know he believed God? You're going to answer you because could, you could also argue how God know he believed him. Yeah. When he did what he told yeah, him yeah. to do. You know, as James says, James two. Todd Clippard said was he not justified that's when right. Abraham offered he his was. son on the altar. That's right. Yeah. Who told him to put his son on the altar? I think Noah you was saved in a similar way as Abraham. Yeah. God and I'm, if you don't mind me mentioning, Todd Clippard mentioned the other day on Facebook that Noah was saved by or through grace. Did you see that? Mm, I mean, yeah. But Noah I, was yeah. saved by grace through faith that's after right. works. That's right. That's right. But you're trying to work your way to heaven. That's what you heard. That's not what I said. Here's the you thing. You see what I'm Here's saying? The thing that sadly, so many miss because Satan's got his hand in the air. Uh -huh. The question is not what saves, it's when. Mm -hmm. As you said, yeah. after, after the works. works. Oh, the works saved him. No, it's when he acted in faith. It's not just, it's just that like works, the blood, the works. It's just like the blood of Jesus it's in not, baptism. Yeah. What saves? Is it the literal water? No, no, it's the blood. The question is not what, it's when. If Jesus told when you to climb a tree, safe if Jesus told you to climb a tree and you'll be saved, what are you going to do? If, let's just say there's one verse in the New Testament, and it said, Jesus loves you, and to be saved, you must climb a 100-foot tree to the top and touch the top. Or you'll be lost. Would you say, no, nah, you don't have to do that. If you do that, you're working your way to heaven. Exactly. See, you know what? See, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. When I said mm. Abraham could be saved, the same that Abraham would say, by grace, through faith, after works. And here's the question. When you say, say, you teach a work salvation, I say this. That's what you hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what I said. Yeah. I said yeah. that if I want to be saved, I've yeah. got to do what God told me to yeah. do. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, it's you, we make it, we 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 categorize yeah. it in ways mm. that are denominational. The way that's been influenced by man. Abraham knew this. So you back know, if to I want to be right with God, I got to do it. I got to right. do it. So back says. to Scott's question: yeah. Could y'all expand on that passage in Romans four five? Faith accounted unto righteousness. So let me just, I'd like to add a few thoughts here. Paul, I truly believe, is using, of course, he's by the guidance of the yeah. Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. he's writing. He, God wanted Paul to use Abraham as an example of one who was justified by grace through faith. And that was critical in that letter because they were both Jew and Gentile reading that letter. Mm -hmm. And they need to know mm -hmm. Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation, but he was not a Jew. He mm -hmm. was a Hebrew. That's right. He was not justified by circumcision. And that's what the problem they had in that time. You got to be a Jew. You got to keep the Passover. You got to do the, you got to do the circumcision. And, and the gospel says, whether you're circumcised or not, that's, that's irrelevant. Yeah. It's being crucified in Christ, et cetera. You know? Yeah. So he uses Abraham as an example. And he says this now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. That means that works are not transactional. You don't obey God as a transaction. Mm -hmm. I obey God. I get this tit for tat. Mm -hmm. No, you obey God because he says to, and you get the gift you don't deserve. Yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. And if a person accounts their work in their mind as a wage, that's the definition of grace. They get hell. That's the definition you, you of grace. If you go to a job and you work and get away, you get what you earn, right? Well, if you obey God, you don't earn it. You see that's what right. I'm saying? Mm hmm but 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 if but if you think about your salvation that way, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to repent and be baptized, Acts two thirty eight, and I'm going to receive it as a wage. All right, you're damned. You're lost. Boom. Same book. Now watch the, watch the same. Yeah, go ahead, watch, go ahead. watch the next verse. Yeah. To him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted. That is, you obeying God, your works fulfilling God's that James talks about that. Yep. Abraham believed God is counting him to righteousness. That's Abraham, right. remember? Mm -hmm. And it says, and he fulfilled. Let's just go over there. Yeah, said, me, and he fulfilled. Yeah. Instead of me butchering it, let's just go yeah. over there. James chapter two. Yeah. He uh, says, verse number be neat if you just had all these memorized, but it's best to turn to it, right? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works, faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled. There you go. Fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for right. God put it to his ledger. When, yeah. when he fulfilled what God told him to do. Yeah. See that again, somebody might say, so you mean he worked his way to heaven? He was made right because he, all because he took Isaac up there and he put him on the altar and all that. The question is not what it's when. Yep. Who justified him? God. When? When he did yep. what God told him to do in faith. Yep. He didn't do it as a wage. Right. Tip for tat. I'm going to do it so I can get what God yep. owes me. God doesn't owe us anything. It's a gift. And that's what Romans 6 yep. says. When it mm -hmm. talks about you know obeying from the heart that form of doctrine. Mm -hmm. In Romans 6. Yep. The last phrase. The last phrase of the last verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God right. is eternal life. Right. He wrote that to people who had obeyed from the heart to form a doctrine. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a gift. It is a gift. Yeah. And God can put whatever attachments he wants to that gift he can. Suppose God had said, well, you got to climb a 100-foot tree. Uh, you got to swim an ocean. You got to you know, go underwater and hold your breath for 60 seconds. I suppose, and suppose is not really a good oh, word. People be doing irreverent. People be doing if that. God had wanted to make 100 conditions, mm-hmm. To be in Christ, he could have because mm. he's sovereign. Mm -hmm. He has that authority, you know. Mm -hmm. And and again, I think I hope I've answered the question uh, at least. Given uh, Scott, he's a great listener. Uh, some good things to think on. Abraham's faith was accounted as righteousness uh, because God is gracious, mm -hmm. <laughs> and because Abraham viewed uh, his relationship with God as he depended on God and God's, you know. That's grace right. and forgiveness that's and salvation right. and that's why he obeyed him he didn't do it as a wage to the one that works the wages are not counted as grace but as debt uh, the idea there is just like imputed or credited to mm -hmm. be counted to your account yep. and that kind of thing yep. and so instead we need to look at 
obeying God in faith as uh, works that are fulfilling God's will. That's right. And when we have that proper perspective toward God, just as David, Paul said in the next verse, Romans 4, 6, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody just come in there and just rip that out of its context. And they're just like, oh, yeah, so you ain't got to work. You ain't got to do nothing. You don't have to work. You don't have to do, you don't have to do nothing. You got to read the Bible. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to do But that's the way people use that verse. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people that didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Go to Romans 4, 4, and 5. Say, See, to him that works, that means you ain't got to work. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Why is Paul using Abraham as an example? Yeah. He, you tell me he's using Abraham as an example and said, I ain't got to work. I ain't got to obey you because it's all grace and I don't have to do nothing. There's yeah. no conditions. That's not yeah. why he's using Abraham as an example. Yeah. Abraham left the Ur of the Chaldeans when God called him from the very beginning. And that was before it said he accounted him righteous. What's sad he's is, all paying God for what's it. Sad is, what's sad is they <laughs> misinterpret Abraham's life. I, I know. You know, I mean, it's the thing. One day, I wonder, I don't know, but I wonder if it's possible in the eternal state. Will Abraham hear about this? Yeah. Will somebody say, well, will that type of scenario be possible? God allows it. You know, Abraham, you know, for years I heard denominations use you as an example of somebody who didn't obey God. Yeah. Somebody that didn't obey God. Yeah. You know, but see, they would say, Abraham be like, yeah. What in the world? Lord, what'd you write about me in the Bible? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I, I know that's well, I'm thinking about like, the same book, the Romans chapter 16. I'm gonna read verse 25. Because the same, I mean, it's the same treatise, right? Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, kept secret since the world began. Watch this, verse 26. But now, through his writing, mm-hmm. made manifest, I'm making known. And by the prophetic scriptures, made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, he tells us why he's writing. Yeah. For obedience to yeah. faith. Yeah. You know what he's saying? You got to obey the faith. He says the same thing in chapter one. Well, no, you don't have to. You know, as long as you believe, that's all you got to do. And how do you obey a? You faith? know, it, it, if that's the case, it'd be neat if he just said that. All you got to do is believe; nothing else matters. Yeah, it'd be neat if he was just clear about yeah, it. Yeah, if that know? doctrine is true, why didn't you know, why didn't the Bible just say it? Why did why didn't the, why the Bible just why, why didn't why does why? the Hebrews writer say, though Jesus was a son, yeah, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered, and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation. You know what I hate too? All about, that obey you know him. Hate, you know what why? I hate about how people use Romans is when I get to Romans three. At the end, about before he gets into chapter four and uses Abraham, he says, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, the Gentiles also. Then he got that. But here's what I hate. People use chapter three, verses 27 through 31, law and deeds and work. They say that. No, I say that's any law. That's any law. I'll say, okay. Because that's what, you know, you know, that's what they want you but to believe. But the whole believe. chapter is talking about Jews and the law. Yeah, and 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 he clearly, clearly he states it. Yeah, that he's he quotes from the law of Moses. So let me so, ask you something. Let me ask what law when he says this right here in chapter when chapter three. Watch this. Let's read it together. Verse twenty seven. Where is boasting in? It is excluded by what law? What law is he talking about? If I only take the Bible, no commentary, never heard anybody else. If I'm just reading, what law? I read Old Testament, and went straight to the New Testament. What law am I thinking about? The, Old Testament the law. Baptist law, the, yeah. the Presbyterian law, the Church right. of Christ law. What yeah. law am I talking about? Right. About the law of Moses. Yeah. And then guess who he uses? Abraham, because he bore the law. So it's right. like if you only follow what we have from the yeah. Old Testament scriptures, trans, and you trans, and then you transition to the New Testament scripture, and you just keep on going. Don't read a commentary. Just like yeah. eliminate anything. The only law that was in existence yeah. for a Jew. Yep. Well, I think. Why do Paul, we then? Why do we say any law then? Well, I think. I think I, it what hurts I, what, the text. I, what Paul does is he 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 starts out. We might say small, or he starts out with inside that Jew and Gentile relationship, and he uses Abraham as an example of one who was not a Jew, wasn't circumcised. He was justified before Abraham was circumcised. Remember, because mm-hmm. he was old when he was circumcised, but yet he was right inside of God before he was ever circumcised. So Paul's using Abraham as an example to see see. Circumcision is not a part of the gospel. That's know, right. Physical That's circum- right. And so what he does in chapter three, he's he's being very specific, talking about the law of Moses. 
That's right. It's by the law of faith. Well, I'm thinking gospel. 28 here. Chat, and then in chapter you, four, I think he broadens it a little bit where he, he does. where he discusses the attitude toward the law. And Abraham had that, her, yeah. That's yeah. what that's what I think he does in what we call chapter well, four. And we know that the fair and we know that the Jews had a bad attitude to the law, right? I mean, yeah. chapter three opens up with that. What advantage yeah. it has a Jew, what prophecy serves so much in every way. But here's the thing look at verse twenty eight of chapter three. It's a concluding statement. He says, Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified how? By faith. Mm-hmm. By the way obedience to the faith if i if i take chapter 16 by faith apart from the deeds of the law well here's how i, I think people have hurt the context of romans and paul's purpose so they right. jump over verse 29 well, what deed what he says the deeds of the law what deeds which law yeah deeds of which law law of moses it has to be because yeah. that's what he's so somebody comes along well brock i would say i would say any law no i'd say the law of moses yeah, in the because you're not saved by the law of Moses. And listen, he's, he's and not, again, you're not saved let by faith. Paul let Paul continue to expound instead of sugar picking that one verse. Yeah, you're after right. he says apart faith apart from the deeds of the law, or is he the God of the Jews only? Nope. So why would he bring that in? Is he uh, is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, also the Gentiles. Since there is one God who would justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised by faith, do we then make void the law? Was the law for no reason through faith? The gospel makes the law void. The Old Testament was no good. On the contrary, we established the law. That's why chapter 5, verse 1 is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Therefore, after what I said, having been justified by faith. faith. Not only, all right, but wait, here's who is. That's Jew, and who else does that include? The Gentile. That's the purpose of chapters three and four. The Jew, the Jew had a bad attitude towards the law, and the Gentile was not even Gentile. The law wasn't even for the the, the Gentiles. Yeah, primarily. Let's see, here's the thing. Look, let's just back out for a mm-hmm. moment. I, I know we are. We got about know, twelve minutes. We're, we're seemingly ranting, yeah. but the the problem is it's all right. The problem is the world is saturated. With all this with Calvinism. Yeah, it is. Every verse is read through the Calvinist And many guys, people have been most. deceived by the idea. And here's what happens yeah. when you've been told the basic tenets of Calvinism. You've been told, well, you have a sin nature. All I wish that. I had a pair of glasses. You yeah. got a pair of glasses? We have a, a guest in the golden seats here. We need glasses for yeah, it. I don't want to use this as an illustration. Don't break on it. Look, no, 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 I'm going to be Yeah. Well, it's okay. I don't need to read through them. <laughs> but in all seriousness, this is the way I watch our viewers watch. Yeah. I truly believe this with all my heart from the Bible and the observation of life. When people have already been told and they've been biased to think you have a sin nature. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get rid of that. Only a miracle, a divine miracle can save you. Can bring you to a point of faith. Uh-huh. You can't desire salvation. You can't want it. You can't even understand the Bible. Uh-huh. And, and furthermore, faith, faith, just believing in God is a gift. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have the ability to believe. God has to give you that ability. Oh, and by the way, there's nothing you have to do to receive salvation. Mm-hmm. When you've already been put those glasses on, and I know that may look silly because they're not my glasses. Definitely look silly. But you put those glasses on because you've already been told that. You look in Romans, where can I find that? Oh, there it is in Romans 4, plain as day. Uh-huh. You see it plain as day in Calvinism because you got Calvin's glasses on. Yeah. Yes, yeah, right there in Romans 4. Oh, yes, faith only. That's crystal clear. <laughs> yeah. With Calvin's glasses on is crystal clear. Yeah. Yeah. But and that's, the- that's the reality of it is I, I can see there it is, there it is, and boom, boom, boom. Let's don't put on Aaron's glasses. And here's let's a- don't put on Calvin's glasses. And you know, I'm so glad let's, you mentioned let's that. Let's go to the text and figure out the first century. When there was no John Calvin, there was no St. Augustine in the third There's century. no Alexander Campbell. Let's go back to the first. There's no Alexander Campbell. There's no Church Forget of Christ. Campbell. There's nothing that I believe that Campbell believed that wasn't already taught in the Bible yeah. 1,900 years before first he was born. First Campbell believed, I didn't believe. I don't worship I know, Campbell anyway. I, I didn't know him. If there's anything that I believe him? that he did believe, it's because it was in the New Testament 1,800 years before he was yeah. born. You know what I say? Yeah. I say when somebody says, because it, and now Calvinists won't say this. And I say, who's John Calvin? They'll say they had respect for Calvin. They'll say, who's Alexander Campbell? Do you respect him? I don't know him. I don't care about him. Can we well, please well, talk we about can the read his writings? The Gospel of I, I, I don't never, care about that. And I'll tell you, all this, I care about is And the I'll just be honest, I've never read his writings. I, know, I hadn't either. I don't, I'm know never what, going to I don't know what in the world he's saying. You know what people say? Who cares though? what he's saying? And even apostates. You don't even know your own religion. You need to know. You need to know. David Lopez says that. 
I don't want to know. David Lopez, he's public on that. I'm not being ugly about it. He's public. He, he's saying I don't the Church of Christ know. and the Bible is not the one church and all that. Oh, since what, what, what I, you know what all that you, means? Aaron, you need to know, all that means you need to know is Calvin. You got to know Calvin. All that you means got, is you, excuse me. Yeah, let me correct myself. You got to know Campbell is what he would say. <laughs> you're, you're blinded by your own ignorance of Alexander Campbell. You, you grew up in Scottish theology, Scottish logic from the 1800s that came to the United States. Alexander Campbell. I'm like. I haven't heard Alexander Campbell's name spoken as many times except by you. You're the only one. Yeah, yeah, but you're so blind. It's almost like the lie of just, just straight up white privilege. Yeah. You don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. It don't matter if you know anything. You're privileged just because the color of your skin. It's like, wait up. I grew up in abject poverty. You don't yeah. know me. Yeah. You yeah. know, are yeah. some people privileged? Yeah, they're blessed. It all boils down, it all boils you down to you can't just read the text and take it for what it's worth. And here's another thing, too. I'll uh, say this. Just take the text. Don't, what, what's don't so sad is what's so sad is we've gotten away from being able to sit down with the Bible, open it up, yeah. read it denying denying perhaps things that we've believed before in the past you know a fella i know a fella recently quote unquote he was a gospel preacher right mm -hmm. he's a gospel preacher he Sounds got good. into he got into all that calvin calvinism and he got deep into it and i wanted to study with him recently and then yeah. he told he told me he couldn't because he was told he's young in the faith and it was a denominational faith who was way. he told that by it don't the, matter their people or their something. people yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so he was told that but here's the point I asked, I said, I have no intention to deceive you, my man. I, I really, I just, I want to sit down and seriously, I don't even want to mention the word. I don't even mention the, the word, the phrase church of Christ. I don't want to mention bad. I want to talk about any of it. Why can't we just sit down? We open the tech. You tell me what you believe if yeah. you, and I'll tell you what I believe. And let's just check it with the scriptures when it's content. Yeah. Yeah. I no other potential to deceive you. Now, if, yeah. if, if what you believe is consistent with what God established, yeah. And and mine's not, then I'll reject it. You reject it. Let's just yeah. have that type of mentality. I don't yeah. I, but you can't do that anymore. If you You go, know you can't do that. It's if, like, it's if and that's a challenge for everyone, including us. Yeah. If you go to scripture looking for something you already believe, yeah, I was about you to say, will find it. The Lord's church does this right here. No, that's I believe that. I'm gonna look for a scripture for it right now. See, there I, it is right there. there. It is. They didn't yeah. read the verse before or after. I know. It was just Hey, hey, just a very basic one. Instrumental yeah. music in worship. Mm -hmm. Where is that at? Mm -hmm. Don't use instruments in worship. Yeah. I have a verse that when I'm when I'm walking in love and walking in the truth and holiness, when I'm walking circumspectly, mm -hmm. when I'm one way in which I'm filled with the spirit, is you know how you know one you know one evidence that I'm the filled songs, with the spirit hymns, when I sing. Song. Yeah. Not in worship. When I sing, I'm filled with the Spirit, and yeah. I follow the instructions given. Yeah. Every I mentioned this last night because we were having singing night. And I said, "If yeah. we're having singing, I want to have a discussion." I said, "Let's look at the context of chapters four and five of Ephesians." That's mm -hmm. another reason Ephesians on my mind. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Notice that this is one sentence, fifteen through twenty-one, and it seems like the key thought is how to walk in wisdom." He's showing us how to walk in wisdom, mm -hmm. and then in verse nineteen, he transitions to how to be filled with the Spirit. Right. One way, or really, there are three ways in which I can be filled with the Spirit. Number one, sing. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, right? Yeah. Follow those instructions. Yeah. If you want to know that I'm filled with the Spirit's teaching, that's how I do it. Giving thanks, submitting to one another. Those are how I conduct myself and how I walk. It has nothing to do with worship. And I said, guys, I just want you to know, I've never read a commentary. I mean, every commentary I've read, they always mitigate the statement. <laughs> to, Or I, not mitigate. They restrict it. They'll yeah. say, notice how Paul states that in worship we ought not to do, we ought not to use instruments. Well, in and worship, by that they mean in the corporate worship. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we do that because we've heard it. It's but not it, limited. But you know what that, that you know what that's called. That. You know what that is. That's Church of Christ doctrine. Yeah, yeah. That's people being stuck in the way they've all. I'm just saying heard. that's church. Yeah. You know, hey, it's y'all yeah. at the Church of Christ don't use instruments. Right. It's it's church it's Church of Christ doctrine. Yeah. You ask me why I don't I don't use an instrument when I sing It's because I'm I'm, I'm looking to be filled with the Spirit as Paul directed. I. That's taking, not, hey, listen, that's taking scripture, thing, only scripture. We shouldn't be concerned about the church's doctrine, the gospel. Who's the doctrine. authority? Who's the authority? The Jesus gospel, and his apostles? The gospel's doctrine. What, what did Jesus say about the apostles in his prayer 
continuing whose word? Yeah. Their their word. Word. Yeah. Who wrote who wrote chapter that's five? It. That's it. Paul wrote that's it. What we I'm got. trying to figure that's, out his word. That's what we have. Well, your church of Christ, Doc. I couldn't care less about what the church of Christ says. That's right. Paul stated he's an apostle. I got continuing his you doctrine. Do, sometimes you will hear people ask that, and it may be sincere. Well, what yeah. do the churches of Christ it's believe? Different. I don't yeah. know what they believe. And let me hey, give account and, and let me be very believe. careful. Let me be very careful because I don't want anybody. Of course, I am a member of the church that belongs to Jesus, That's designated right. as the Church of Christ that That's belongs right. to Jesus. That's right. I'm not belittling it, but there is a denomination called the Church of Christ. Yeah. All right. Whether we want to admit it or not, I know. I'm not a member of that denomination. Yeah. That's I'm a member right. of Jesus' church, and I'm guided by the apostles' doctrine. Yeah. So I'm not belittling. Somebody the, might I'm, ask, so I'm, I'm not belittling the church of Christ. Though, they might say, "Well, what is the what you're talking about? What is the Church of Christ?" The, the, that's a denomination. Those who go How to those passages, that go to those passages and read it like that. <laughs> yeah, those that go beyond the word. Yes, that, that's the thing. Yeah. If that's I want thing. to say, if I want, if I want to start saying that, oh, listen, in worship. This is how we do it. I'm going to say, is that apostles' doctrine, or is that literally something that has been tradition? Tradition. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. If it is a tradition, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, but if we're if what's we're, unfortunate about traditions is they inherently are not good or bad. Traditions are things that 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 can fall within the the will yeah. of God as far as under His authority. They can be stopgap measures to protect congregations mm. by eldership well, and so the problem though is people if they're not studying the bible daily mm. they hold to things they've heard matters that are judgment and they begin to elevate those things to the level that's right and like remember you know our teacher said don't quote quote me in your notes yeah. but we still do ha mm. ha as brother moser used to say yeah in his time what i may be in the 70s mm-hmm. many of the congregations were teaching the conditions of salvation is hear the gospel, right. believe Christ, repent of sins, right. be baptized, and shave. Because yeah. in the 70s, it was the, the hair and the beard and the. Mm-hmm. And you know, we laugh at that now. Like that sounds so ridiculous. But, Tradition, but yeah. traditions, right? And then you have some person that comes in the congregation, start attending. They're like, why is he so? What's he, Wooly Booger? What's his problem? Oh, his hair's a little too long. Why it's do you like, think? What, well, what, hey. what, what, what verse gives you how many inches of hair? I'm looking this is at what, the gospel for what one inch, half an inch, quarter of an inch, one thirty second of an inch, ten inches. Where is the verb? Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm talking about. In the we apostles' take a tradition doctrine. and elevate it to the level of the authority of scripture. So two things. That's one reason why there's a gap, a generational gap, that in a negative sense, like in the Lord's church, you have a group that lived 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. Perhaps they might wear suit and tie, right? Yeah. And then this young generation may know wear a suit and tie. Well, oh the man, point he's is, opening up a whole can. I don't Todd care. Todd Clifford, remember the yeah, things he's had online lately yeah, about the clothes. Help Todd out. out. Let's open it up. Then I just want to mention that real quick. Yeah, but here's what I'm saying. All right, but the point is this: if you live in the '70s, and you wear a suit and tie. I'm gonna hug your neck and say, "Hello, brother. How you doing?" Yeah. If I live here, I am in the 2000s. I forget to wear a tie. Don't wear a tie. Yeah. I want you to hug me and say, "Hello, brother," because yeah. that's irrelevant. Yeah. But what you're doing, what you know, what you know, what God's standard is modesty. Yeah. You come in naked, I'm gonna say you're going to hell, don't repent, right? That's it, different, yeah. it's different because you're immodest, yeah. But, but to, to what has happened is the older generation may belittle the younger generation because the younger generation does not hold tightly to a to tradition, the tradition at the old, but you yeah. know what, the younger generation can say, you're holding tightly to a tradition. Yeah. When does a tradition become sinful? Well, Jesus said it. In vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines, or teaching his teaching for the, doctrine, teaching for doctrine, the tradition of men. Yeah. When I elevate that tradition over what God already said, so do you remember what, what people Pharisees say? That, did? They shut out the kingdom. But here's what people tradition. say, bro. I don't do that. I don't hold it above. Yeah, you do. You're I think telling you do. other people they need to do it. Is it? You, you are holding it. Here's, a, here's to God's I say. Word. I always say this. You're making it. Why every? Why every single time we're together? You push your that thing. You push that on me, it. brother. Why do you do that? I'm telling Help you, I don't Lord agree with it. More zealous about the gospel. It's like I'm, it's like it's like, brother. I'm trying. I don't Help believe us. that. We we can't prove it either. Or it's just something you. It's been handed down the to Bible you. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt wear a tie. It doesn't it's say thou shalt not wear. So a leave tie. me alone about so it. A, so it's a matter of judging. Yeah. So leave me alone about it. But the Bible says to give God your best. Here's what I say to that. <laughs> what verse says that? Yeah. What verse in its context? And if it did say says, that, give God your best high. in regard to what the specifics of what you wear. I challenge anybody that John hears the this. Comment, it, comment me the verse yeah. 
that in its context, it says, give God your best, and it gives the specifics of clothing. John the Baptist. Like, that sounds good. <laughs> give God your best. Who, who, hey. what Christian in their right mind would say, no, give God your worst? No, here it is. Andy. Nobody would say that. But what verse says, Why give we open God can of your best in relation to the specifics of the clothing you wear? Don't give me well, first Well, here's how it goes. I, I, I opened the can of worms. You ate out of that can, and I'm going to keep going with it. All right? Oh, you know, all right. now you're going to close it. <laughs> what, about, what about all preachers? Listen, Let, and I, know, I got to start this. <laughs> I am fine with wearing a suit and tie. I wear a suit and tie on Sundays. I get it because I, I know it would be a stumbling block to others. I just it is what it is. It's so small a matter to me. Uh, but I was and I have no, and I I fully respect my brethren who wear. I wouldn't even go that far, by the way. But, but I, I respect my brethren. I wear my I respect my brethren who wear <laughs> suit opinion. and tie, and I don't re, and I right. and I respect my brethren who don't wear suit and tie. But here's my point. Um, so you got this can of worms that we open. My point is this: what what preacher, like in preaching sermons, and we don't even preach like I mean the way we. The way we do preaching today is even kind of different, you know, than it was in the first century. But <clears throat> what preacher in the New Testament it, are we told that wore a suit and tie? I know John the Baptist, kind of a kind of a rough looking fella. Yeah. I mean, we don't have Jesus walking all over the place preaching sermons wearing suit and tie. Paul in Athens, did he wear a suit and tie? Man, I bet he looked rough. I bet he, he looked, pants. I bet he looked rough. You know the you know the clothes they wore in the first century. If you don't, if you're listening. You don't know. Just look it up online. Yeah, the clothing was completely different, which shows it's societal. But and to the me, truth it was modest. Mat- the truth that matters is don't be biblically naked and be modest. So, mo- so what was the standard? Okay, look. Yeah. What was the standard then yeah. of dress? Yeah. What can you bind? Yeah. Modesty. Yeah. And l- let's further define that. First Timothy two nine and following. What's modesty? Yeah. Yeah. It's not purposely wearing something to draw attention. That's right. That's right. And the opposite is nakedness. Mm-hmm. Like I heard somebody draw respond. attention and nakedness. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. biblical nakedness. That's right. When you you don't have your butt and your thighs and your back covered. Yeah, you know, that's you, right. You God clothed Adam and Eve. They yeah. wore tunics of skin. You know, they, we probably I know we they, probably they, they, they 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 had their their back and their chest and their thighs covered. I mean, it's not that complicated. You know, <laughs> let me. I, I, I but you look through you 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 can learn what how God how God feels about that's right that's right the old te- and then you come to the new testament you say shame facedness yeah we're to have shame toward nakedness that's in right public yes I'm not ashamed to be naked with my scriptural wife and the privacy yeah because that's that's right reg- yeah. regulated about in that's regulated public, that's and here, here's the thing we need to stop because I know it's over 10 we need to conclude but I'll say this we talked about quite a few things today we did and that's okay I knew that would happen well it go well, it go, well it's me and you plus yeah. no guest but it goes back I think you just tie it right back into First John one and three. Yeah, walking in the light. Okay, apostle, how do you walk? practicing righteousness, not yeah. unrighteousness? So let's say that I'm going to put it all together. Walking in the light, let the seed remain in us. Practice righteousness. Yeah, following the apostles' traditions, doctrine. Yeah, you know, follow Jesus's command. Hey, hey, one more passage. You can let First John two. It's in the same text. I know when the seed remains in me. It's chapter two. Is it mm-hmm. verse? Um, uh, Where is that? I, I, I've got First John two. What's eight again? In true, because the darkness. Uh, oh, look at verse six of First John two. He who says he abides in Him ought himself also to walk, just as He walked. How do you know if you're abiding in Him? Verses three and four. You walk, yeah, that, and you walk exactly like Jesus walked. By this, we know that we know Him. If we keep his commandments, and he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we're in him. By what? By this? By, by, keeping, by keeping his man. commandments. So don't let Satan lie to you. Well, you can't keep the commandments of God. No, Everybody's a can't. sinner. You can't do what's right. We're all just a bunch of rank sinners. You can't. On the other hand, don't be high handed. That's Don't right. be prideful. That's right. Cover your sin or hide your sin. That's right. That's right. Remember in First John chapter one, he says, "Humility." We, if we in Christ say we don't ever sin, we're we're deceiving yeah. ourselves. We do still fall short from yeah. time to time. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah. But the seed of God. So there's an the attitude God, involved. There's an attitude involved. The, let the word of God abide in our hearts. So walk as Jesus walked. Walk in the light. Let the yeah. seed remain in you. Practice righteousness. Follow the apostles' doctrine. I think about Ephesians four. Walk. Yep. As children of, as dear children of God. Yep. It's been this you has know? been this has been a yeah this has been a hot 
podcast. It's good. Yeah, we'll you know what? We got, we'll get a lot of feedback. One of the things we could boil it down to with some of these verses in John is that God's children, and that includes us, mm-hmm. we need the Word of God abiding in our hearts. Oh yeah. So that's why I, I know I can say that's what, why we what do does James say. Like what, what, we need the Word of God in our heart. What does James say? Does James say the Word saves you in James one twenty five? No, he says it's one twenty one. Yeah, it's the implanted word. Yeah, remain yeah. implanted. What's implanted yeah. mean? Fixed in your heart. That's right. It only saves you. Not it, the word saves, but it only affects you and saves right. you again when it's deep and again, fixed in the heart. The question: When you know? Yeah, the word of God, when God through the word, but when when it's implanted? Yeah, yeah. When you abide by mm-hmm. it. That's right. Amen. Right. Good stuff, man. I. That's how the discussion hey, goes when it's all, us too. All of but. this that we're talking about, the gospel, the word of God, and salvation, all made possible by the grace of God. Oh, absolutely. Sacrifice we're talking with confidence because we That's, have the word of God. And yeah, and he, and, he, and he talked about confidence in First John 1. You can, sure, know. you can know it. And just as a, yeah. Well, I come boldly to the throne. Right? Yeah, and I won't make anything official, but I'm about to be unofficial. We're going to have something about First John coming up at the lectureship next year with the yeah. EA lectureship. Don't make anything official. Yet. Yeah, nothing don't official. Me, don't, don't make That's it. completely unofficial. If you said it in uh-huh. stone, we'll have to do it. Yeah, 15 souls are watching online. Well, it was a good show today. Yeah, if you like what we did, why don't you uh, do us a favor and be the algorithm. Share the video online. Yeah. That will help us a lot. We really appreciate that if you do yep. that. Appreciate the comments. Scott Beck said them on the Thank you, brothers. Very helpful conversation. Tony Barden, last comment, saying uh, the steps, for lack of better words, of salvation, uh, a very simple and easy to obey. Why do yeah. people want to make it difficult? Yeah. Really appreciate all the people that, that that made comments. And if you are watching this later after it's live, feel free. Go ahead and uh, we may not immediately respond, but I'll do try to go on and I'll yep. respond. I'll type back. If you listen to this post live, because most people listen after it's live, you can go on and make a comment. Um, I didn't mean to miss anybody earlier, but like, uh, uh, Miss Anita Bryce was watching earlier, and also Christy House. Good morning. Thank you to everybody for watching. We appreciate you joining in on the show. We are summing this up. God bless, and we will catch you next time.